Hello and welcome. This is the week five preview of the Kingsman Corner. I'm your host, Jacob Norlock out of Austin, Texas. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, I am excited to bring on a guest host. This is a guy who I've known for many years. Um, he is the owner of a fantasy football team called the Monsignor Snides. Uh, they have won five, count them, five championships since 2012 and lost in the finals last year. Please welcome to the show, Corey Schneider. Corey, welcome to the show, man. Great. Well, we're excited to have you on. For those of you who don't know, Corey Hills out of Boston. Uh, Corey is a huge Boston sports fan. In fact, I would argue I, in my personal life, don't know a, a bigger sports fan of their own city. Well, they, I don't know whether to be ashamed or to be proud. So thank you. <laughs> it's certainly, uh, here's what I will say. It has been relatively easy for you to be a sports fan in the city of Boston over the past 20 years, given the fact that you guys win championships seemingly every other year. Yeah. I mean, we are. So I'll say this before we get going that, like, I just turned 31 and I'm like the cutoff, the absolute cutoff of I remember before, like, all the winning. Like, right. I remember Belichick's first year was terrible. They were 5 and 11. That was the first game. First time I went to Foxborough Stadium, which was the way I describe Foxborough Stadium would be think about the Coliseum in Oakland. Yep. But sixty thousand seats smaller and like a hundred times shittier. <laughs> it would be it was like a bad it was like a bad college stadium. Yep. And then obviously the Red Sox. But yeah, I mean I'm well, not gonna lie. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're hanging banners, and, and for me, I have a very small taste of what that looks like from the Giants' uh, short streak from 2010 to 2014, which was certainly a good time, but I've never experienced it on the football side, as you know, being a diehard Raider fan, uh, which has been brutal and continuously getting beat up by your Patriots. Uh, but I, I still have hope, Corey. I have hope that someday we will be, we will be back at the mountaintop. <laughs> hey, that's, that's all you need, hope. Everything yep. else comes second. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we dive in today, I have a couple of, uh, of reminders, housekeeping items. For those of you who haven't kept up, it's important to know there are some major COVID fantasy implications for week five. First and most important is that the Titans-Bills game has been postponed and moved to Tuesday night. Now, that will go on as long as there are no positive tests. As a reminder, both the Titans and the Bills are undefeated. Um, we are certainly watching that situation closely. If there is another positive test out of Tennessee, you can bet that that game will be canceled. The NFL has made it pretty abundantly clear that they will not offer a second bye week. That would be the Titans' second bye week. This could also impact players as they will be forfeiting those game checks. So I, I can guarantee that the Bills definitely want to play um, but they may be handed a cancellation win if the Titans test positive for COVID. The second game in question is the Patriots and the Broncos. That has been moved from Sunday to Monday at 5 p.m. So it's a little bit earlier of a start time. We now have football Thursday, Sunday, two on Monday, and one on Tuesday. Uh, while we certainly hate the implications of COVID, we get to watch a lot of football this week, which is good. Um, for those of you who are monitoring your bye week, this is the first official bye week, although we had some last week due to COVID. Both the Lions and Packers are on buys. Week six buys, if you are looking ahead and looking at the uh, available free agents on your waiver wire, just be aware that the Raiders, Patriots, Saints, and Seahawks go on buy on week six so you can plan accordingly for today's show we want to dive in and give those of you who have some questions about who you should be starting who you should be sitting and give some details around some of those that are available on the market today so i'm going to go ahead and kick it off Corey, uh, and then we'll, we'll throw it back over to you um, one of my my favorites is i look at this week and certainly would love your opinion on this but i really like 
Carolina and, and pretty much uh, every offensive weapon. And let me tell you why. Carolina running back Mike Davis is averaging seven receptions per game this year. Christian McCaffrey, who had a historic 2019, averaged 7.3 receptions. So he's essentially on pace for the exact same amount of targets and receptions that Christian McCaffrey was. Teddy Bridgewater oftentimes is regarded as a checkdown quarterback. However, he is averaging 8.1 yards per attempt this season, which ranks him in the top 10. Now, his touchdown production is definitely low. However, the Falcons have a 31st-ranked pass defense, and have, they have allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So, as I think about who I'm starting this week, if I have Mike Davis, if I have Teddy Bridgewater, especially in a situation where I have Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford on a bye, I'm starting Teddy B. Corey, any thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my, both Mike Davis and Teddy Bridgewater are two of the guys that I listed of dudes that are awesome to stream this week, especially Teddy Bridgewater. He's the ultimate stream this week. So he's, I saw that he's seven and two as a starter post injury. He's averaging nearly 17 points, fantasy points in those starts, including what he have. He had a little over 26 um, points last week against Arizona. And this is by far the best matchup that he's had on paper. Like the Falcons, they stink. They right. are <laughs> especially defensively. I, they are allowing the most fantasy points by quarterbacks. And I think it's a little under, they're averaging like a little under 30 points, fantasy points for quarterbacks so far this year. Uh, case in point, think about last week against the Packers. Like Aaron Rodgers was missing Devontae Adam and Lazard, and he just went off. Well, uh, helps a Tanyan holding three grabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was amazed yesterday. I know that they're on bye, but in one of my leagues yesterday, he was still available on one. Uh, wow. So I picked him up. Um, the other one, too, I think Mike Davis is an awesome uh, play this week just because, again, it, I don't even know how, uh, how was it Dan, uh, what's his name? Dan Quinn. Dan I don't even Quinn. know how he still has a, a job. Like, I, was, I was thinking that they were going to fire him after the Dallas game. I know. Kick. But I it know. was like, how can you even continue that? Uh, it's tough, I right? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to fire a coach so early in the season, but I mean, actually, now, that's going to out the window with Bill O'Brien, but, <laughs> but like, with Dan Quinn, I feel bad for him, but it's almost like, since since the Patriots Super Bowl, it's been written in the stars, like, this just isn't going to work. Right. Um, not to mention, not to mention, a huge thing for me is look at play good, and the Falcons new uniforms are legitimately the worst Professional, professional uniforms I've ever seen. They are so bad. You know, uh, you know who I, they look like. I can't watch them. They look like uh, the Mean Machine in the Longest Yard. <laughs> they, they look like an early two thousands high school football team. Yeah, like they're terrible. Yeah. Even like they make the Jets ones look good. Uh, <laughs> but but back to it. So the Falcons are allowing most targets and catches per. Uh, game to a wide receiver and they've also allowed four running backs to score at least 19 PPR points this year. Mike Davis is averaging 21.5 in two starts. So that's huge for him. I also think that Mike Davis is going to be, this is probably the biggest and best workload he's going to get for the rest of the year. He might even be a candidate for next week to try to move him because it sounds like Christopher McCaffrey's getting kind of close to coming back. Right. Uh, as well as another reason of why I like Mike Davis is McCaffrey's uh, backup last year, uh, Reggie, it's Reggie Bonifone. He just went on IR today. So Mike Davis is pretty much going to be the, the guy this week. Yeah. And so he's going to get a healthy workload against a defense that can't stop anybody. Well, right now, that game, as I look at the odds, uh, that game, which is played at, let's see here, that's played in Atlanta. And and let me floor you for a second. Atlanta's favored by a point and a half. (laughs) Uh, Go figure. Um, Winless off of uh, a Carolina Panthers team who's actually won two straight. Uh, 
The over-under on that is 53 and a half. Given that the fact that the Falcons can't stop anybody, and despite the fact that uh, Julio is likely out again, I still think Atlanta has weapons to score. I got to say that that 53 and a half seems like it might be in question. I, I, I'm taking the over in that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it would basically be for Atlanta to keep up, they're going to need a healthy dose of, of Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, and that's also assuming that Russell Gage is fully healthy, which sure. seems like he's not. Um, unfortunately for me, last week I started him in a flex, and he just didn't look didn't look like the same guy that he was the past couple of weeks. So I think he's nursing something. Uh, in order for Atlanta to make it a close game or a good game, in my opinion, they're going to need to play nearly a perfect game, and they've given us no reason to think they can do that. Sure. No, I, and I agree with you there too. Um, all right, so let, let's move on. I got someone else I want to talk about, and this is an interesting one because this comes from the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston Texans are favored by five points, even though that they are winless and just fired their head coach. Uh, the guy I love in this matchup is James Robinson. James Robinson, we talked about on the podcast last week, but he's an undrafted rookie out of Illinois State. Um, and, and this is why I love James Robinson. Obviously this week, the bills fired Bill O'Brien after an 0 and 4 start. And they were absolutely gashed last week by Dalvin cook who ran to the tune of 130 rushing yards. Um, one other thing about James Robinson that I love is that James Robinson is one of two tailbacks over the past three weeks with a hundred yards in each game. Corey, I'm curious if you take a shot in the dark, do you know who that other running back is? Ooh. Give me the stat again. He's one of two running backs that has 100 total yards in each of the past three weeks. Mm. I'll give you a clue. 41. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be James Conner, would it? Nope. Alvin Kamara. Oh, oh yeah, 41. I'm such an idiot. Sorry. It's Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. It is Friday. Um, so, you know, listen, I, I love James Robinson this, in this matchup because it seems that Houston is just uh, on the rails. I don't necessarily see them stepping up in this game. They could get the victory. I'm more looking at the fantasy implications. I like James Robinson. I like the play, um, especially if you've got certain guys on a bye. I mean, James Robinson has been one of the best running backs through the first first four weeks of the season, I like to play here with James Robinson. Absolutely, I mean, I think that when obviously the season's not that old, but James Robinson's, in my opinion, been one of the best stories of the year so far. Absolutely. Uh, like last week, he had a down week last week against the Bengals, but he still had in one of my leagues. He still had. 14.5 points, and so it was like 17 carries for 75 yards. So. If you're talking about a guy that is having a down game and that's a down game, right? He's a pretty good guy. He's handling like 95 percent of the workload for the Jags, running the ball, and he's also getting a bunch of targets through the air. So right now, I mean, Houston's a mess. Uh, I expect them this week to. And we can talk more about them. I have a couple guys uh, listed, but. I expect him to play a little bit better this week, especially Romeo Cornell, defensive guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, James Robinson, you are what you are, and it's not looking like the Texans can stop their run very well. For sure. So, yeah, I so who do you, who do you like Robinson. on the who do you like on the Texans? What what do you like in that matchup over there? So personally, I like I like Deshaun Watson this week. Okay. And I had I had Deshaun as my quarterback last year. Yep. And from a fantasy perspective, he's super frustrating just because some weeks he'll just go off. In other weeks, he's pretty quiet. Uh, I think a lot of that was the scheme. Yep. It always seems like the Texans, too, are, are battling with skilled players getting hurt. Like Will Fuller, classic example. He'd be a number one receiver in the NFL, but he just can't stay on the field. Right. Um, I am a big – there's no, no stats to prove this, but I am a big – believer in once a coach gets fired, especially a coach that sounds like was pretty unpopular in the locker room, 
I think that that team, at least for a week, plays a lot better. I think that now Romeo Cornell is the interim head coach. I think they're going to play a lot better this week. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it continuing for the entire season because they have major problems. Uh, but I like Sean. I don't think he's he's not going to play as bad as he has the first couple of weeks for the entire season. As well as another interesting thing, Jacksonville's thirtieth in the league in QB sacks, and one of Deshaun's biggest issues is he's taking a ton of sacks this week, right? This year, so so you give him some more time, you know. Does that open up open up the opportunity to do a heck of a lot more than he's been able to do this season? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting fact: uh, Romeo Cornell will become the oldest NFL head coach in all of history. Uh, as an interim head coach, he will be seventy three years old and one hundred and fifty days. Uh, just very interesting to know that uh, worthless piece of statistic, but I love stats. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I, I will say that, um, you know, I'm a stat guy through and through, love stats till I die. And there's probably only one other person I feel inferior when it comes to stats, and that's you, Corey. So kudos to yeah, you. you know what? For someone like myself who's not that smart, I'll take it. I'll take anything <laughs> I can get. There you go. There you go. Okay, cool. So I want to move on to an, another matchup here. The New York Jets host the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Arizona Cardinals have been – on a little bit of a skid, they came out of the the season hot the first two weeks, and you loved everything about them. Um, I still think that, especially in this type of podcast, I want to focus a little bit more on who you might be able to play and the question marks that are out there. Listen, you're going to play DeAndre Hopkins. No matter what, through and through, every week you're going to play that guy. Kyler Murray, based off of his playmaking ability and honestly where he's at, the fact that he's leading the league, and quarterbacks and rushing, he's going to be played every single week. They're locks. Put him down every single week. But I want to talk about a guy like Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has yet to reach 90 yards this season. He has not found the end zone since week one. If it doesn't happen this week, my I have a big question, Corey. Like, is it going to happen for Kenyon Drake? He's got the Jets. Like, if it doesn't happen this week, I've got a feeling like it may never happen. Oh, well, dude, I, I, for my sake, I hope it doesn't happen because I traded for him this week. Um, <laughs> so, so you're high. You're betting on Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I'm betting on Kenyon Drake because, like, last year, it just feels like he's not only a good runner, but he is, when he's going, a good option out of the backfield uh, as a pass catcher. That being said, yeah, I mean, we're going to be in week five, and it, if it, we're getting to a point where it's like, all right, this is going to be the kind of the season that he's had. And it's concerning because the first two weeks of the year, he was really good and productive. Sure. As opposed to, you know, the past two weeks against Detroit and Carolina, two defenses that you think they'd be able to move the ball is going to be tough. That being said, as a Patriots fan, the Jets are great, a great <laughs> slump buster just in general. Yeah. And I think that if, if he is going to break out, this is the week. Um, to go off of what you had said, another guy that I love this week, and how can you not love him every week, is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Absolutely. Similar similar to the Falcons, the Jets are in some big-time trouble this week. Sure. Uh, because they are they're a bad defense, which is surprising. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of a mixed bag because – You'd think that they brought in Greg Williams, who's definitely not a great guy, and you'd think that they play with an edge, but then they uh, trade Jamal Adams. And so now it seems like their defense, their only plan is to take cheap shots, uh, and they really just have nobody in the secondary. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins lines up on the outside 90% 90 of the snaps, and he's going against Bless Austin who he got her last week, whoever Bless Austin is, <laughs> as well as, and then behind him is an undrafted free agent, the wrong Lamar Jackson. The wrong. He came in and did nothing. And then their other corner that plays on the outside is a, is a journeyman, who's Pierre Desire. Okay. And so you're going to have that, and then you're going to look at the numbers and be like, well, the Jets haven't been that bad against the past, but... Also keep in mind, they were playing a 
depleted Niners, a banged up Colts, and a banged up Broncos. And so, yeah, I guess they held up a little bit, but DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And on that same breath, Christian Kirk's going to be a really good play for them as well this week. Sure. Well, the Jets are on the Trevor Lawrence game plan um, for sure. Um, and so they're they're figuring out how they can get him. So it's no doubt that uh, what is a miracle, and I, I don't necessarily dislike or like. I'm indifferent on the Bill O'Brien. Uh, I think Dan Quinn is actually a pretty good head coach. I think he's starting to lose the locker room a little bit. When you start to lose the locker room, then a lot of things are in question. I just don't understand how Adam Gase still has a job. And even if you look at the reports this week, listen, I am a habitual Le'Veon Bell supporter because I had him back in the 2016, 2015, 16, 17, you know, era when he was the most dominant and exciting. He was the Christian McCaffrey of back then. And I somehow continue to go back to him. And so there are reports now that he's actually uh, off IR. He's going to come back this week. And Adam Gase is saying that he looks better than he did before the start of the season. And I just, I, I, I don't trust a single word that comes out of that man's mouth. Oh, I mean, I was saying it to one of my friends the other day. Do you remember his his introductory press conference <laughs> for the Jets? Where he looked like, – he didn't know what planet he was on? Yeah, like he had taken probably 60 milligrams of Adderall and had some other things in his system. He just looked crazy. Yeah. And the the craziest thing too is like without Peyton Manning, what has Adam Gates done? Like why does he keep on getting these chances? I have no idea. Uh, like, why? I, I mean, it's the Jets, so you can't really assume any logic. But, like, if he gets like go by the Dolphins, why are you jumping at the chance to bring him in? Like, clearly, he ain't the guy. And it's, I'm surprised that Le'Veon's even still on the team. I know. Because he, because he gave Jamal Adams the, the blueprint of what to say to get traded out of there. Exactly. And he's still there. And he's still there. So, yep. Boy, I mean, you'd I, love to see a Le'Veon Bell uh, on a different team and and what he could be yeah. doing. I mean, imagine Le'Veon Bell as a Kansas City Chief and like just fiending in that backfield. I don't know. It's all... I mean, Le'Veon Bell on any competent you know, offensive line, <laughs> offensive scheme. Right. I just don't like... How can you even... From a fantasy perspective, like you can't even count on on any Jets to to produce anything this season. That's true, and that's also why I have uh, removed Le'Veon Bell. I once had him in my starting lineup and have moved him out. Speaking of moving, let's move on here. Uh, another matchup or, or interesting quick tidbit. So the Baltimore Ravens coming off a twenty six to ten, or excuse me, coming off a a victory this past week. Um, and they are looking to play Cincinnati. Now, the Cincy defense is giving up 153 yards per game on the ground. That is 27th in the NFL. Um, I, I typically shy away from a split backfield, something where you've got like J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, but I also love a good matchup. And so for me, I look at this and I'm feasting a little bit. I can't say that I like Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins more, but if it's me, I'm leaning towards J.K. Dobbins. Any thoughts there? I agree. Um, and I actually had Mark Ingram as one of the guys that I listed for a fading or sitting. Um, super disappointed. I took him pretty high in one league. I thought that after last year, he was just – that wasn't – I mean, he's had a really good career in general. Sure. And I was like, all right, he's a pretty integral part of, of their offense. And I thought when they drafted J.K. Dobbins, it was going to make it even better uh, because he was going to stay fresh. And, you know, frankly, Mark Ingram just doesn't look like the same guy. No, he doesn't. And he's either hurt or I don't know what's going on, but I thought that pair was going to be was going to do a lot. Uh, but they've been underwhelming so far. That being said, I'm not going to give up on Mark Ingram. Uh, I think that he's going to eventually get, I mean, he's going to eventually get some uh, touchdowns uh, around the goal line. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking you know, if you're in think a week where you are a team that's maybe in a deeper league or you're uh, bitten by the injury plague, maybe you've got Derrick Henry and you're not sure if he's actually going to play on Tuesday night and you need something 
to play. I think that there is an interesting thought to potentially put Mark Ingram in and maybe get a goal line or two where he walks away with a touchdown or two this week against a very weak Cincinnati run defense. Um, and you salvage versus rolling the dice on a Tuesday evening game that may or may not happen. So I think there is, I think there's a play there, but your team situation has to be right. Yeah, I agree. I would say that he's going to be a very, very low RB two, potentially like a flex play. Yeah, but flex play. I do think if you're going to own and play someone in the Ravens' backfield right now, it's going to be Mark Ingram, just because with Dobbins didn't have the benefit of of an NFL of a true NFL offseason, so he's still kind of drinking out of a fire hose of like getting up to speed. So I don't think that. I just don't think that he's the guy right now. I, I do agree that Mark Evans, um, Mark Ingram, is going to be a play, if anything, for their backfield. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Obviously, there's a few defenses, the Jets, the Giants, and Cincinnati, that if I get a chance, I'd like to stream anyone playing against them on the sheer hopes that you could actually see a big boom. Um, on to another one here that I have on my notes and, and certainly open up to you as well, but – Listen, this is more of a note. You're going to start Russell Wilson every single week. He's a number two player in all the fantasy, just behind Dak Prescott. Um, The question, I think, becomes is, can he continue this historic start? So right now, Russell Wilson has thrown for 16 touchdown passes in four games. That ties Peyton Manning for an NFL record. Here's what's interesting about Russell Wilson. He has a combined 26-7-1 record over Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night games, basically your primetime games. I love Seattle in this matchup. The tough part for me is picking who's going to get the touchdowns. Is that going to go to Chris Carson? Is that going to go to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Now, Tyler Lockett had a massive week last week, or I should say two weeks ago, and then had a huge drop-off where he only caught two passes last week. DK Metcalf still stays fancy relevant. Chris Carson... Uh, whether he's catching passes or running them, seems to always find his way into the end zone. So my question is, I think that Seattle is going to throttle a just reeling Minnesota Vikings team. Who gets the touchdowns? Yeah, I was going to say, if Russell uh, Wilson drops off, it ain't going to be this week. Just <laughs> because the craziest thing is, and shame on me, and I'm like most people, I came into this year not really expecting a huge drop off of the Vikings defense, but they are god awful. They, they can't stop anybody at all. And so this is going to be a really, really tough matchup for the Vikings defense. I I would say that I love the play of both Tyler Lockett and Metcalf, uh, just because again, like. The Vikings defense is struggling, especially in their secondary. They've given up, and the Vikings have given up the fourth, fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And I almost think that Russell Wilson, the way he's playing right now, which as a Patriots fan, I saw it firsthand. Sure. They've clearly changed philosophies a bit in uh, in Seattle. So like Pete Carroll, even when he was with USC, was a huge believer in running the ball sets up the pass. Yep as opposed to actually letting, you know, if your quarterback's your best player, just to let him go. And he's finally done that. And so I think that Russell Wilson, the way he's playing, almost cuts into Chris Carson's carries. And not sure he's still full up. I'm going to wait one more week to make sure he's still fully healthy. Uh, Because he did, what was that, two weeks ago, escape, narrowly escape with, with that knee injury that looked bad, but... It was only a... Uh, sure, but he still like scored a, two touchdowns first. coming after that. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean... I guess I guess I would just say that, like, I do. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate Chris Carson to start him at all. I think he's going to have a great game, but I do think that Lockett and Metcalf are in position to have monster games. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so moving on next here. Um, now, you, you've got one more guy that you like this week over on your side. Who do you like? I do. So I'm going to put Steph Diggs as someone that I really like this week. Okay. And again, last week we saw him carve up an opposing defense, 
albeit to to your Raiders, and I think that it's fair to say <laughs> the Raiders' defense is not there Sorry. Yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was six catches on seven targets for 115 yards. Normally, I would say that this was this would be a tough matchup against Tennessee because Tennessee does have a really good secondary, but. You know, right now, just with all the uncertainty and going on with COVID, I, you know, this definitely has an impact on NFL teams. Um, you know, case in point, it was either yesterday or the day before I saw that the NFL was, you know, was looking into the Titans were practicing at like yeah. a high school outside of, of Nashville. It's like, okay, well. What do you think they're going to do when you tell them that they can't be in their facility until Saturday and expected to play on on Sunday? Right. So like they're doing as much as they can to be ready to play, but you know this isn't high school football. Like this goes, this goes, this takes a lot to get ready for an NFL game. And I think that they're just in flux right now, whether it's fair or not. It's definitely not fair, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, you know. Stefan Diggs is having a great season, and I think that he has the opportunity to have another, to, I guess we can call him shorthanded Titans team that, that's in flux right now. Yeah, if, I, if, if that game happens, and I put an if because the Titans had multiple days where they went without a COVID test, and then they had another COVID test positive come through this week, I, I just am not loving putting all my chips in the fact that that game's even going to happen. So if it happens, I like the Stefan Diggs play. Uh, if it doesn't, obviously, that riddles it incomplete. Um, okay, so one other guy that I like, which is an interesting one. I'm digging deep into the bucket here. It's a guy who probably would have been on, I would say, maybe a, a top five on a tight end uh, off the board initially and has somewhat disappointed Evan Ingram out of the New York football giants. So here's an interesting play. And then the reason why I say this is that if you follow targets at the tight end position, usually things just kind of sort themselves out, right? So you've got Evan Ingram, who is third in the league in targets. He has 30 total targets. But here's where this all comes crashing down. He's eighth in receptions, total of 17 receptions. And he's 20th in yards, 131 yards, and he's tied tied for dead last in touchdowns because he still hasn't scored this year. He's a guy that I've I've definitely had in multiple leagues over the years, and I, I love Evan Ingram. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, he's playing against a Dallas defense that I, I think just continues to show that they can't stop anybody. If there was a time that Evan Ingram gets back on track, I like it this week. All right, so we've talked about some of the ones that we like, some of those that are having some uh, decent matchup capabilities. Uh, Corey, let's talk about some of those that we are fading that would more be in our sit category this week. Uh, why don't you kick it off? Who are we sitting? So uh, this week, we get one guy that I'm definitely sitting, as well as probably on the season giving up on, is going to be A.J. Green of the Bengals. Um, at this point, he is at best a wide receiver three. It's pretty clear that Burrow's comfortable with Tyler Boyd, who it's interesting because we were, it was said that he was a bust. And Tyler Boyd's looking pretty good at this point this year. And we're starting to see the emergence of T. Higgins as well yep. out of Clemson there. Um, so, you know, it was fun while it lasted, but I think we can officially put to bed AJ Green. The other team that I'm extremely skeptical of at this point, and as you just mentioned, is the Dallas Cowboys. And so in one of my leagues, I have Dak. In another league, I just traded Zeke. Um, and that was before the uh, Tyron news. And so he is, it looks like he's done for the year. And so he's protecting Dak's blind side. Yep. And he does, he just does a ton for them, both pass protection as well as uh, in the run scheme. In the run game. Yep. I just don't like that team has a lot of problems in general. Losing a top tackle, like he's one of the best, he might be the best tackle in the NFL. And losing him, you go from your offensive line as a position of strength to 
I'm pretty sure the guy that's going to be filling in is Cam Fleming, former Patriot. Actually, a really random fact, former uh, rocket scientist. He went to Stanford. And um, whatever degree that qualifies to be a rocket scientist, he had. But, like, that, unfortunately, being a rocket scientist doesn't work when you're playing offensive line in the NFL. And so I think that you're going to see a, a dramatic step back from offensive production uh, for the Cowboys. And in general, I'm not a huge Amari Cooper fan. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I Here's don't what I'll say about is. that. Um, I agree that we're going to see a regression in Dak. And, and the reason why I think that we're going to see a regression in Dak is that if you look at the, who the Cowboys have played, they've always been played behind. They've been giving up a ton of points. So it seems in the second half, Dak just becomes the air show. Uh, we read a stat in yesterday's podcast that he's thrown for over 450 yards in three consecutive games, most of those coming in the second half because he's playing from behind. So he's throwing the ball over 50 times a game. I think in this game, I think the Dallas Cowboys actually jump out on Jason Garrett's defense. Fun little fact there. Jason Garrett playing his own team, uh, old team, I should say. Um, and I think that they get Deacon, uh, Zeke involved. Now, whether the run game is successful or not will hinge on how many points Dak actually brings home. But I think that you are going to see a regression absolutely from Dak. He will not have a 50-point week this week like he's shown, or 40-point or whatever your league st- scoring is. He certainly is a high-scoring player. I don't think you'll see that this week. Now, I do want to go back to your early one. You talked about A.J. Green. Listen, I punted on A.J. Green the entire season. I've never liked him. I don't believe in him. But I'm actually I'm talking about someone else in Cincinnati that I'm punting on this week, and that's Joe Mixon. Now, Joe Mixon came off his biggest week of the year this past, this past week. Uh, he actually had more fantasy points this week than he's had all three weeks combined before that. But, but Joe Mixon has failed to average more than four yards a carry in four straight matchups against the Ravens' defense. And in those games, he's averaged 3.1 yards per carry. He's not gained more than 21 rushing yards, and he was somewhat limited in practice, although he looks like he's going to be good to go. The Baltimore Ravens' defense is seventh in the league facing the run. For me, although he had a season-best week, I'm punting on Joe Mixon this week. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, too, because Joe Mixon last last season, Joe Mixon was an absolute monster. Like, the season he had last year is what I was hoping Kenny and Drake would have this year. And sure. Again, I think that... I do think that it's probably health, like all of these guys at this point, given like the offseason or the lack of offseason that they've had. It's we're gonna have to give them some time, but it, it Joe Mixon looks like he left it all last season uh, because he just looks like a shell of himself from from last year. And yeah, again against the Ravens, that could get ugly quick. Um, and even if you know they're down thirty. At the end of the game, they're going to be throwing the ball. So Mixon probably won't even be on the field that much. Although, um, in a PPR situation, there might be yeah, checkdowns, right? Yeah. So he might be getting some garbage time. Uh, and, hey, we care about fantasy, right? So I'm sitting Joe Mixon, but it's not it's not unbelievable to think that Baltimore gets out, absolutely starts murdering the Bengals, and they're playing from behind, and Joe Mixon sees a decent fantasy day. I could eat yeah, my words. I would like- I would actually put him, he wouldn't be a terrible flex play uh, this week because I do think that there is a good scenario that they're just getting blown out and he does get a bunch of garbage time. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, Big Dick Joe can actually do. Uh, you know, yeah. He's thrown for 300 yards now in multiple games. He actually looks really good. I, I love the way he's playing. This will probably be one of his biggest tests in his young career against a, a very good and um, I would say a team that knows how to win. Uh, right, so the Ravens uh, a history of winning and and just a program much like the Patriots that knows what it takes to win. It'll certainly challenge a young rookie quarterback. So it'll be interesting to watch that game for some fantasy implications for sure. Agreed. I'm actually I'm looking at it right now in Roto World. Ooh, I don't really agree with their. They have Mixon as they have Mixon rated this week as their 11th best back. I'm just. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I'm 
I agree with you. I think yeah. that it could be a tough week for him. Listen, I'm no fantasy expert. Just love the game, and I think it's a heck of a lot of fun. But for me, I go with my gut, and I just don't see Joe Mixon being a top 11 running back this year. Um, excuse me, not this year, this week. Uh, because I like guys like Mike Davis, James Conner, um, a little bit more than I do a, uh, a Joe Mixon. But we'll certainly see how that pans out. Now, another guy that's in that category that I don't like this week is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders also had a decent week last week, but he's coming off of um, – he faces uh, a Pittsburgh defense that's stout. So Miles Sanders, fun fact here, he is seeing eight-man defensive fronts just 2% of the time, which is actually the lowest among all running backs with at least 25 carries. So the Steelers' defense is no joke. They've allowed a very minuscule 2.33 yards carry in their first three games, which is the lowest mark in the NFL, averaging just over 50 yards given up on the ground per game. And a Philadelphia offense that squeaked by a win against the third-string quarterback in San Francisco on punting on Miles Sanders this week. I don't believe in it. No, I don't get that at all. Um, especially because Lee Johnson's also coming back from injury. I know he played last week, but he's still coming back. But their offensive line is a mess right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that – I think the Eagles in general, anyone on their offense, is going to be a really risky play. Sure. Like the, yeah, I mean, Carson wins. you going to so, start him against Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Yeah. No. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's unstartable at this point. You can't right. start those points. And Even, like, a, a Zach Ertz, obviously, with, with Gutter going down, like – you know, Zach Ertz just isn't the Zach Ertz that we saw three years ago yeah. or even two no, years no ago, way. you know. He's a shell of what he used to be, just like you said. Yeah, and I mean, Miles Sanders, he's handling almost 80% of the carries. And, like, you're just not getting the production that you're hoping for. Like, if you're if Miles Sanders is your RB1, you're screwed. And even if he's – in RB2, kind of tough right now. And with the offensive lines, bad offensive lines don't travel. And if they're bad, they're bad. And that's one of the – like they had to beg Jason Peters to come out of retirement this offseason. Right. Then they had to, to give him – they had to give him a raise because – They needed uh, something. Yeah, because they're – who was the tackle? I forget his name that – was protecting um, Wentz's blind side because Jason Peters had come back and they understand that he was going to be playing guard. And then they had to bump him out to play tackle and they had to give him a pay raise to do it. Now he's hurt. So I just, I don't think you can trust anything you know, with the Eagles offense right now. Yeah. And I mean, I, Miles Sanders for me, like, I, I'm definitely punting him this week. I think the guy's got an immense amount of talent and he's certainly proven that. He can catch the ball in the backfield, and he's there's a lot of things I like about Miles Sanders. Um, but playing Pittsburgh this week, he's got Baltimore next week. Um, you know, I don't like the play for the next two weeks, and then he does see the Giants and the Cowboys before they're why they're by on week nine. So um, I would say we're punting on for at least a few more weeks, and then we might see a resurgence from Miles Sanders a little bit later in the year. Um, the other one I have on my list, before I kick it back to you, over to you, if you've got anybody else on yours, um, is going to be Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon is also coming off his biggest week of the year. Helps that he had a massive 40-yard run to seal the victory last Thursday night. But the Broncos face the New England Patriots. Dun-dun-dun. Um, the Patriots do not lose two in a row very often, Corey. And, and you may have that stat buried in your mind, or you just may believe in it. But it's very rare that you see Patriots skid, especially against a poor team like like the Broncos. And you got to believe that there's a lot of fuel coming off of Belichick. And with his game plan, I just got to think that there's going to be no room for Melvin Gordon this week. Uh, even with Stephon Gilmore out uh, for the passing game, I, I just – I don't like Melvin Gordon play this week. No, I totally agree. Not to mention, I think it sounds like 
Philip Lindsay's on track to at least try to play this week. Right. I know he was dealing with a toe injury, but you know, the homework of any Bill Belichick defense is, is he's going to take away your best weapon. And right now, think about the Broncos offense. Like, where are they going to go? I think long-term, Jerry Judy's going to be very good, but he, you can't count on him right now right. To, uh, to carry your offense. So it's going to be Melvin Gordon, and I think that because the Pats haven't given up a rushing touchdown since week one, and in between that time, they've played Chris Carson, uh, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, so there was at times last year that the run defense was uh, was an issue, but I think they've gotten that corrected in this week. But yeah, it's, I'm not expecting much out of Melvin Gordon. No, no, it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to um, I just don't see Melvin Gordon hitting on the same cadence that he did last week. Um, that's for sure. So, and he is like he is a classic running back too. He does he has caught a couple of balls, but like he's not a pass catching running back. Like he's a bell cow running the ball a bunch uh, throughout the game. And if that's not going, like they gonna really just keep on doing that. If he's not getting anything, yeah. Against the Patriots on the road, I just don't see it. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully I don't see it. <laughs> hopefully you don't see it, boy. That would be a that'd be a bad beat uh, oh, if, if the Patriots lose the Broncos. <laughs> Tough stuff there. Uh, anybody else on your list that you're uh, fading this week? Uh, so not this week. I would say just fading in general. And I have him. He's been one of the best uh, running backs in the NFL so far this season. I think I might if he has a good game this week. Might try to take my ball and go home and try to deal Dalvin Cook. Okay. So the, Tell me the more. reason why is I think Dalvin's a great player. I, I like him a lot. I took him very high. He's been great so far this year. But I do think, again, that the NFL always, always resets itself. And like I said earlier, bad offensive lines don't travel. And the Vikings offensive line is terrible. It's just putrid. Like, they can move the ball, but eventually, over the course of a season, they're going to have guys go down. I just don't see uh, I just don't see their offensive line holding up. I think pro football outsiders had them ranked as like the 26th or 27th uh, offensive line in the league. So that, compared with Dalvin has had injury issues, I'm probably going to be selling on him after this week hopefully he has a good game so i can get a bunch uh, back in return well here's what i'll say i'm, I'm not going to jump on and, and necessarily agree with you yet on that because and this is what i'll tell you dalvin cook has scored two touchdowns one one and two over the four first four games of the year so the guy's sitting at six touchdowns through four games the past two weeks he has over 300 rushing yards now that may come to a screeching halt. He has a Seahawks defense, which again, let's not think of the Seahawks defense of the past. They are not stopping people like they have before. And then he goes, uh, they host Atlanta. They get a bye week. Then they have a tough matchup against Green Bay, but then they've got Detroit, a tough matchup against Chicago, and then Dallas and Carolina. So I think that your sell high definitely makes sense. But I, I would say my... Uh, respectful disagreements here would be that based off of sheer volume and the fact that he's getting into the end zone makes it tough for me to say that he, I'm going to fade him quite yet. But I, I certainly respect uh, someone who's looking ahead that far. Yeah, I'll put him on fade watch. Fade watch. There we go. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Well, as we wrap up, let's let's hit some rapid fire here and talk about uh, just some some quick hitters, matchup dependent things you guys, you know, players you like, things you don't like. Uh, I'll turn it over to you. Shoot. Yeah. So two guys in particular, actually. Yeah, two or three guys I have. So uh, kind of a low end wide receiver two, potentially a flex option. I think Devo Samuel has the chance this week to be a pretty good spot start guy last week was shaking off the rust uh coming back so much so i was i am a Debo samuel owner and i didn't even realize that he was playing last week <laughs> um it, against against miami that they've given up a less, uh, at least 12 ppr points to five different receivers this uh this year 
so far. I will say the caveat to this is very, very much contingent on whether Jimmy G is starting or not. If it's Nick Mullen or um, the other guy, Bethard. Bethard. If it's CJ Bethard or, or Nick Mullen, not loving Debo Samuel, but if Jimmy G's back, you know, why not? Well, here's your Jimmy G news, okay? Uh, This comes fresh from the horse's mouth. George Kittle, who there might not be a bigger fan of Jimmy G than George Kittle. And this is, quote, Jimmy looks very handsome out on the field. (laughs) Still got a rocket arm, and he's throwing me the ball, which is a good thing. I'm excited about those three things, end quote. (laughs) So there's your Jimmy G news. He's practicing. Whether he plays, I don't know, but – Kittle loves it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, good. Um, the other two guys that I have, I think Devin Singletary would be a great play this week. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Zach Moss is back. But even if he is, Devin Singletary has been playing great. Um, past two games, he's had nine catches for 71 yards, 11 targets. Tennessee's run defense, really struggling. Uh, they've they have given up at least 17 points, 17 PPR points a game so far this year to Melvin Gordon, Dalvin, James Robinson. Um, and so a lot like the Bills offense in general, like a lot of things are working. And Tennessee, right. like we said, was in flux, so why not? Um, the other one, I would say, uh, a little bit of a homer, but I do think it's just a good play. Damian Harris for the Patriots. Um, Ooh, I picked him up on waiver wires. I'm excited to hear what you have to say here. Yeah, they're high on uh, Damian Harris, and they have been for the past two or three years. And so he's been – they've been nursing him along to make sure he's fully healthy. But another Saban guy, I think that he's potentially a bell cow type back, and they're going to be run heavy this week for sure. Um, Sony's on the IR. And so James White isn't really that workhorse type back. He's more of a pass catcher. Rex Burkhead is – Good on the goal line, but again, like not a guy that's going to be getting a ton of reps outside of the red zone. Um, so I think Damian Harris is potentially a great play this week, as well as going moving forward. So check this out. Uh, Damian Harris has 17 carries in his very first game. 17 carries. Sony Michelle has not had more than 11 carries in any game up to this point. Also. He had over 100 yards rushing, something that Sony Michelle has done once, one time over the last 20 games. I am not a Patriots fan. You know that through and through, but I love volume. And I think that the hardest part of playing anyone on the Patriots has always been that the game plan shifts and changes every single week. And Belichick plays, and especially with Josh McDaniels. They play to their favors and who they think that they can get a matchup out of. But in the situation against the Denver Broncos, I, I like the play this week. I think he's a good play for for them. I picked him up, and I, I've got to tell you, Corey, I've, I've got him in my starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just because, and I am, uh, I am a Sonny Michelle fan, and it just last week that situation or two weeks ago whatever it was that they put in my IR just encapsulates his entire career so far, that he has a great game. He had an awesome game, as you saw, against the Raiders, and then two days later, gets put on IR. So it just just doesn't seem like Sony's tr- the runner he was in college at Georgia just doesn't seem to be translating into the NFL, and I think largely that is uh, injury-wise. I just don't think his body can take the pounding of the NFL, but I do think Damian Harris can. Like he's, he's a big guy. Meatball. Yep. And he is a bruising runner. Uh, and I think that like, I hate to say it, but again, as a Sony fan, like Damian Harris is, is right to take that job from him. Sure. And the Patriots don't play, you know, you're a first round pick. So you're going to play. They just don't play those games. They go with the hot hand. And so, if Damian Harris is running well, you know, on Sunday or whenever they play this game, as well as, you know, a couple more weeks, he ran well against the Chiefs, then he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Um, he's going to be the workhorse. So we'll see. If something, yeah, I would say that if anyone else listening to this, not in your league, 
they're in any other leagues, and he's not available, he's not been picked up. Pick him up immediately. Yeah, definitely a, an interesting play. I've got him. We'll see how it turns out. Um, I also am a guy who picked up Devonte Freeman, who has done nothing. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how that works out. I think there's a few other interesting plays this week. Obviously, big injury news in week four out of both Los Angeles and Cleveland, with Austin Eckler going down and Nick Chubb going down. So let's talk about Chargers first. That leaves a backfield up to starting running back Josh Kelly, but Josh Kelly has a fumbling problem, fumbled in the last two games. Then you have behind him Justin Jackson, who fits more into a third down receiving role. I think the question here and the interesting thing is who emerges out of these two as the number one? Um, obviously, with with Eckler on IR for seemingly the next four to six weeks, depending on how bad that hamstring issue is, you got to believe that one of these guys is going to step up. Um, I also think there's another interesting play going into Cleveland. Kareem Hunt is definitely the guy, no question. Even though he's a little bit banged up right now, you go from a guy um, that has just taken over a a juicy role, right? So he steps in where Nick Chubb was churning and burning. And let's not forget, Kareem Hunt was an incredible running back for for the Chiefs. Uh, and and I, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was close to the rushing title uh, one or two years ago. Is that right? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago. Um, so you've got a guy that seriously can, not only can run, but he can catch the ball. You're giving him another 15 carries a game. The question becomes, if he's any which banged up, we've seen an emergence of Darius Jackson burst onto the scene. Is this someone that could see some playtime? Listen, maybe if you're in a deeper league you've got a flex play because you've got some guys out either this week or next week as buys start to hit it's interesting he was uh was definitely picked up in our league it'll be interesting to see uh all three of these guys josh kelly justin jackson and Darren jackson um you know ultimately who kind of moves forward out of that group yeah for uh jackson on the browns will be it'll be interesting and this week might be tough to evaluate just because um yeah. Indy's defense looks legit. Legit. Like, Super they look, legit. They look really good. And so, obviously, Kareem Hunt's got to be the guy this week. So, it's, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Jackson is playable just yet because I do think that they're going to give Kareem Hunt every chance. Sure. Um, but it'll be interesting to see moving forward what happens. And again, like, I don't think this week is a great, uh, way to evaluate it because I, I'm pretty high on Indy's um, defense. On the, the flip side for uh, for the Chargers, I think that and if you watch Hard Knocks at all, you'd see that they liked uh, Josh Kelly a lot. And I think that they do. That What was it, last week or two years? Last week he had that absolutely boneheaded fumble, right? Right. That was him. Um that's not going to get you more playing time. So <laughs> that's not a way to a coach's that, heart, giving the ball to no. the other team. <laughs> so I think that between him and Justin Jackson, I think Josh Kelly's probably going to be the the guy. Um, so long as he holds on to the ball. <laughs> yeah, and I think that Justin Jackson is, is a similar, has some similar. Um, I guess attributes to Eckler, but clearly not the same type of player. So I'd be high on Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, an emergency yep. type role. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that wraps us up for some starts, some sits. You know, hopefully everybody has some good takeaways. Um, let's hope. Let's hope that COVID doesn't impact things more than it already has. Hope for clean tests. Uh, out of New England, out of Tennessee, um, so we can get those games on schedule. Corey, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to sit down on the Kingsman Corner podcast and share your your bouts of wisdom with all of those listening from all over the world. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. If anyone ever feels like following me for more wisdom, my Twitter handle is at lifeof underscore schneids.
And I'll drop that in the podcast about section as well. So you guys can follow Life of Schneids um, and all the things that are going on over in Corey's life. Corey, thanks so much for joining us. For all of you who are looking ahead into Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, good luck on your matchups. Hopefully today really helped you do that. And best of luck to everybody. Uh, Stay safe out there. So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away Know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done